Everybody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. He must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. That's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. So SCOTUS had the ruling uh, about Title 42, and they said that they're going to continue it. Uh, they're basically allowing it to stay for a while, but it's temporary, and it's not immigration law. All it is, it's a, it's a, it's a health, uh, health, situ- uh, health order. So... Um, Realistically, the SCOTUS ruling on keeping Title 42 in place for now is simply delaying the inevitable. Title 42 is not immigration law. It is a public health rule being used for immigration purposes. It has to drop eventually, and the migrants waiting in Mexico aren't going back home. So... That's that. And then um, a Bloomberg writer wrote this. Doesn't mean Title 42 stays in place indefinitely. SCOTUS is blocking district court decision striking down the Title 42. Biden administration could conceivably take its own action again to end Title 42, but would have to navigate around the past CA-5 order that faulted previous bid to end T42. It's sort of written in scriptic language, scripted, cryptic, I should say. So, yeah, it's it's just a, a, re, a little bit of a reprieve. You know, and it was a pretty clever idea that um, that started it in the first place. And uh, what, it, what it in essence did is it allowed... Trump, the Trump administration to use COVID to actually uh, gain some ground against the invasion that's going on in the southern border, which is something we really have to address at some point anyway. Stephen Miller writes this, T-42 was an extraordinary tool under 45, President Trump, 
allowing for instant removal of all demos, including repatriating UAC to home countries, Biden eviscerated, gutted, and demolished T-42, exempting all of those for whom it would be most effective. Biden policy is is and remains mass release into the U.S. By spring of 2020, we had achieved, says Stephen Miller, a suite of enforcement tools, winning protracted legal battles, beating deep state bureaucrats, forging foreign policy packs, rewriting anti-order, anti-border regulations more powerful than anything before achieved in U.S. history. Biden shut it all down. The safe thirds alone revoked by Biden Blinken were a, a, a more robust and complete enforcement mechanism than anything re- conceived or executed in the pre-Trump era. All, all the more vital in a time when the whole world is trying to break in. What we had in place in 2020 was near miraculous. So he goes, the bottom line, border remains wide open because Biden chose to terminate and revoke every successful policy we put into place and continues to choose every single day to lawlessness, lawlessly mass transport and release illegal alien border crossers into U.S. for permanent resettlement. And, you know, of course, you got to ask the question, why is he doing this on purpose? And he's getting paid off somehow, one way or another. Corporations are greasing the palms of politicians that are greenlighting this cheap slave labor that's coming into our economy. When we have a higher population with a lower labor participation rate, we have inflation and we have higher wages that are turning McDonald's into kiosks that are completely automated now. You can order with your phone. You don't even have to touch. It's touchless. You just order with your phone and there's like a barcode or a QR code or something like that where your order comes out. The only thing they might need is a security person to keep the lawlessness because we don't have law and order in the streets anymore. So the best thing to do is to have it maybe delivered to your door by a trusted service. You know, you don't even have to drive. You don't even have to go out there. You save on the climate. Hmm. But uh, in any case, so that's, uh, that's what's going on. It's pretty sad. So that's Title 42, and, and we have to get ahead of that. We have to get ahead of this government corruption. Today we're going to talk a lot about Twitter and the integration uh, from law enforcement, FBI, and the CIA, and, and how they were trying to censor Americans. And it's that, it's that revelation that's happening in Twitter that 
inspire me to be thinking about past egregiences, past crimes. So I've been doing a lot of research on the JFK assassination and finding things that are just blowing my mind. I studied this subject my whole life. You know, off and on, hot and cold. I get hot with it. I get cold with it. And lately, I've been learning stuff I never learned before. I never knew. And so when you start to look at what's happening today, you realize that that so-called tradecraft that they talk about, that's ancient Chinese secret, is not new. It's quite old. And it's uh, disturbing. And I, I was I kind of hit upon that uh, years ago when I tied the Watergate to the Russian hoax. And I said, well, Hillary was on the Watergate commission and Hillary financed the Russian hoax. And the Russian hoax was perpetrated by the FBI, Comey, and Peter Strzok. And Peter Strzok was a crossover from the CIA. Um, and then when you take a look at the Ukraine call and that hoax, you get, you get to the same place. You get to where Schumer said, if you cross the intelligence community, they will have six ways till Sunday to get back at you. And Trump's been suffering that ever since because they have things they want to cover up. Like you take the documents from Crossfire Hurricane that were declassified under Trump and probably sitting in a storage in Mar-a-Lago before they raided it. And then they raided it, took those documents, and now resealed the documents. And the same could be true with the J6 Commission. And we're learning more and more about Nancy Pelosi's ties to the control of the security and the cameras that were in and her daughter that was doing a documentary and the whole thing. Shame on Liz Cheney for her aggression toward a fellow Republican. So She's not a Republican. She's a deep stater. She's connected with the Bushes. And even the Bushes are connected to the CIA. You know, we knew that. We knew that, and we knew that uh, George Bush was around at the time of the JFK assassination. We also know that he was, there are some interesting tidbits going on with respect to the assassination attempt against Reagan, and there sits Vice President George Bush, and we know George Bush's close alliance with Stefan Halper, who was connected with the Russian hoax, and the Bushes and the Clintons have ties to Haiti, and Haiti seems to be uh, involved in the JFK assassination. And there was stuff going on in Haiti. And so, you know, it's just the same thing over and over again. And these globalists and these, these neocons and these liberals have been exploiting these developing nations that they say they care about or these people of color that they say they care about, and they, they keep on just raping them and using them as pawns, 
You take a look at what's happening in the Congo right now. It's not just the Bidens exploiting the heck out of out of COBOL and electric battery manufacturers and subsidizing electric vehicle companies and pushing their green agenda because it's pure gold for them. If people had a choice between gas, affordable petroleum, and electric, which is run on dirty coal, if people had a choice, they would never choose. They wouldn't choose electric. The windmills ain't cutting it in Germany. One percent, they get one percent less than one percent energy of the of the reduced energy that they're consuming. One percent of it is is from wind and solar, and the rest, you know, take take a look at the plows, the snow plows. Um, do you think they're electric vehicles plowing these roads with all the snow up in Buffalo and elsewhere? No. So I mean. You know, when there's uh, all the planes that are being flown around, all the private jets, and we're going to talk a little bit about the Davos that's coming again, the World Economic Forum, you know, and its connections with Pfizer and BlackRock and Bank of America, all these, these, these organizations that we thought valued American, uh, had it, or endorsed American values, endorse values that were closer to Hitler and genocide. Just take a look at Bill Gates and all these liberals that want to reduce the world's population. How do you do that without killing somebody, without um, neutering somebody, without um, infertilizing people, without pushing um, same-sex marriages and trans uh, stuff? And exploiting our children. You know, I read somewhere where all this trans stuff, and there's a law, there's a legal case that's going to happen in Florida where DeSantis said enough, and he's going to go after some of these trans groups and <clears throat> who are exploiting children. And the thing is, is that, like I said before, and I pretty much said it alone on this show, that... What they are looking at is a child that's 10 years old that's going to be voting in two elections for the presidency once they're 18. Four and four, right? Eight makes eight. So a 10-year-old, you know, will be voting in two terms. And they're grooming this child to not only not be able to bear children by genital mutilization, but they're also trying to MK Ultra the child's brain and groom this child and and distort their vision and create absolute chaos. What is LSD? You know, when you talk about Jolly West from the JFK assassination, you know, you got the guy that was basically um, taking a perfectly healthy Jack Ruby and manipulating their mind completely the same way they did with Charlie Manson and a lot of others where they make soldiers. Now, some people suggest that Sirhan Sirhan was also MK altered based on some evidence. And there's a lot of evidence for all that stuff. 
And it really does exist. It's not just a conspiracy theory. It truly existed. What are the odds of a CIA psychologist right before Jack Ruby's about to testify? What are the odds of them coming in and manipulating the mind of a Jack Ruby just before he's to testify? And then he ends up dead. Epstein ends up dead. You'll probably see Sam Bankman-Fried end up somewhere. Yeah, who knows? But you see all this death and destruction surrounding the JFK, and then you see all the death and destruction surrounding uh, Epstein, and you see all, and you say to yourself, why in the world did they have to do it in the first place? Why couldn't they just take the system that our founding fathers drew up and say, you know, we could live with this? Because they, the power went to their heads. The power, they feel like they are above you. And they're sick in the head to think that way, to not think democratically. They'll tell you that you need to be democratic, that you need to be law-abiding. But they themselves are not. And the people that support them or the people that vote them into power or the people that buy into their agenda because they're weak-minded, then those people also are the people that get away with murder. They're the people looting stores in Buffalo at the time, you know, and you sit there and you look at Buffalo and you look at the mayor, a liberal mayor, sitting there with liberal governor Hochul, and they're, they're crying the blues about all the looting and shame on you. And they're the ones that cultivated lawlessness. They're the ones that said catch and release is fine, that cash bail is fine. <coughs> they're the ones that did all that. You know, and it's also this cronyism. Elon Musk just tweeted this out today, as a matter of fact. And he said, almost no one seems to realize that the head of the bioethics at NIH, the person who is supposed to make sure that Dr. Fauci behaves ethically, wait for it, is his wife. Think about that, Christine Grady. Elon Musk tweeted that out. I thought it was an interesting tweet. Almost no one seems to realize that the head of bioethics at NIH the person who is supposed to make sure that Fauci behaves ethically is his wife. My goodness. Something about Ukraine, um, just a tidbit here. Uh, where Putin gave a speech the other day, and he said the period of the unipolar world is gone. As an example, he cited Russia, which is developing despite all of the obstacles created by the West. No matter what sanctions are being imposed on Russia, and no matter what they do to frighten us, Russia is nonetheless making progress. So it's, it's quite, kind of interesting there. And then um, Mearsheimer also uh, spoke about this, the unipolar world where U.S. pursued liberal hegemony is gone. And, you know, um, 
And Mearsheimer is one of my favorite thinkers, by the way. And I was going to play this clip. I'm not going to play it. John Mearsheimer, super smart guy, back in 2015 predicted Ukraine's demise and the West's aggression. It was going to go wrong for the West, and it sure has. This unipolar dream is nonsense. Also, it says here, Ukraine was not in NATO, but NATO was in Ukraine since 2014. The alliance began training the Ukrainian military in 2014, averaging 10,000 trained troops annually. The U.S. and its allies were effectively turning into a de facto member of NATO. And that was something that Mearsheimer lectured about. Putin also said this in another speech. This is the beginning of the transition from liberal globalist American ecocentrism to a truly multipolar world, a world not based on selfish rules for no other reason than the pursuit of hegemony. I'm saying that word wrong, I think. Nor on hypocritical double standards, but on the basis of international law. So, that is what's going on worldwide. We have this Davos thing that's a little bit scary. And it's all about control. It's all about controlling these developing nations. I told you the story about France printing up these colonial francs. And it's like monopoly money. The more they print it, the less it's worth. But for the short term before the economies tank in those developing nations, they could buy these leaders out by giving them a billion worthless colonial francs. They could take that billion and buy houses, pools, cars, luxury items, women, whatever they want to do in those countries. And they sell the rights, and then they offer up the rights to the gold being taken out of there. And the mining companies come in and take the gold out of, uh, out of the Congo. And if you saw the way these slave labor camps are run, it's unbelievable and pathetic. And they want to control your speech. And they're going to control it through social credit score systems and digital currencies. They, they want to control it through your um, health records and mandates and lockdowns climate carpet footprints and regulations and limitations. They want to take your land. They want you to eat bugs. They don't want you to eat meat. The flatulence is not not great for the environment. They're giving subsidies, money that's not even theirs, to African nations because they don't want the African nations to be able to farm the lands for themselves because that would require, wait for it, fertilizer, which is not part of the climate initiative. So nothing stands in the way. Nothing gets in the way of this Davos World Economic Forum system. But they are crumbling. They are losing this war. And they are hanging by a thread. And if more states divest from BlackRock and companies like that, that, that uh, it's going to make a serious dent and their ability, and their decision-making. And 
It says here, David Sachs wrote this about censorship. And we're going to pivot over to Twitter. And then we're going to pivot over to um, uh, the JFK assassination and tie the CIA's long history of killing people, of assassinations and government coups, and say, suggest that what happened to Trump and what's happening to Trump and what's happened to uh, Reagan and what happened to uh, Robert Kennedy and what happened to JFK and what happened to Nixon are all coups. They were all part of really the radical globalist agenda. So David Sachs writes, when the government tried to create a ministry of truth, remember that in May of this year, 2022, you got that wackadoodle girl that uh, uh, was just as liberal as she could be. And this is uh, something that was pushed by Mayorkas, the guy that's supposed to secure our border, head of DHS, Department of Homeland Security. When the government tried to create a ministry of truth in DHS this year, enough people were outraged to stop it. Yet that is the situation we effectively have as a result of government using its power to lean on big tech. In hindsight, the Department of Homeland Security's Disinformation Governance Board was not a new initiative, but rather an attempt to make formal that which was informal. So it's been going on for a while. In hindsight, the government overplayed its hand since it already had effective compliance from big tech and presumably still does. The question now is whether a free people will demand that their government stop participating in censorship, not just directly, but also through proxies. Of course, we know where the mainstream media will come out on this. They will either feign indifference or run cover for the government. So, of course, you have these. Uh, it's Nina Jankowicz, right? Nina Jankowicz. Um, resi- she resigned back in May from the <laughs> She was there, hired for like a week. We have a banana republic that doesn't even know what they're doing from one week to the next. So David Sachs also writes, an interesting related question is whether the MSN has become state media in the same way that big tech has become state censorship. Both maintain the formality of independence while functionality, functionally being a conduit for state power. If take, completely taken over. So <clears throat> Molly Hemingway wrote this about Jeff Bezos. She says, propaganda outlet, which... Uh, is you know the Washington Post, which according to his own juvenile approach to history is named for a slaveholder, George Washington, continues its anti-art and anti-history crusade, all while Bezos makes much of his money off of a China, which is off of China, which is which human rights activists say is modern day slave state. So the same people that are cracking down on Slave owners being in portraits along the cap, uh, halls of the Capitol um, and the statues that need to be torn down because they were somehow um, slave owners or Thomas Jefferson's memorial or George Washington's memorial because once upon a time they had slaves. 
never mind the good that they've done and the things that they've done and never mind the fact that we learn from our history. No. So they continue. So the uh, Washington Post article exclusive, a Washington Post investigation of more than 400 artworks in the U.S. Capitol building found that nearly one third honored uh, enslavers or Confederates. Meanwhile, they could care less about the Uyghurs. Right. So, you know, just like John Kerry flies more than anybody, flies private more than anybody in the world. um, And it's putting off. One flight puts off more exhaust than your whole family's worth of cars for five years. One flight. And John Kerry has two pools and three houses and, and the whole ball of wax. And you, you could say the same thing about Barack Hussein as well. And they all have a carbon footprint that would just blow your mind. Do you think they're going to be regulated? No. But you will. So... Getting to Twitter, internal records showed that a bot had flagged the tweet and that it received many tattles, tattletale, what the system amusingly called reports from users that triggered a manual review by a human who, despite the tweet showing actual CDC data, nevertheless labeled it misleading, right? So we've seen a lot of that. Rising Serpent writes this. He says, If you truly believe that mass importing several million illegal aliens in less than two years isn't wreaking catastrophic social, economic, health, and infrastructural consequences, you deserve no sympathy and no explanation. And then the Bradford File writes, Democrats used the pandemic to tank the economy and end Trump. It was never about science. We're learning about the benefits of ivermectin now, well, now that Fauci's gone, um, all of that stuff. It's absolutely incredible what we're learning these days. Uh, also, the Bradford File writes, the Democrats uh, fabricated a conspiracy that Trump was a Russian asset, fed it through the media, the FBI, and FISA courts, impeached him on a hoax, and raided him uh, raided him looking for a crime, uh, raided him in his house looking for a crime that didn't exist, but want a Republican to re- resign for lying, get bent. So they want a, uh, a Republican to lie, uh, to resign for lying. I think they're talking about the New York congressman that's, uh, that Tulsi Gabbard um, toasted and roasted last night. <laughs> Pretty bold for the guy to come on TV and uh, and and own up to all of this stuff. It's pretty amazing that he did that, but eh, you know, you got some losers in the Republican Party too. Just look at Mitch McConnell, right? Look at look at that loser. Now that guy has sold out America for shipping lanes in the Pacific and the uh, Atlantic. You know, his wife Elaine Chow owns a company. Family owns a company called Foremost Group a shipping container company, you better believe that they're shipping black market materials all over the all over the world and getting rich off of it. Everybody has a role to play in this grand scheme of corruption, and Mitch McConnell's no different. He's getting his palms greased, and he's benefiting from these wars and the military-industrial complex and shipping things around. He's getting these contracts sweet. 
and nobody's going to ever be the wiser because part of the deal is everything is sealed and quiet. So this person tweets, COVID just so happens to show up shortly after event 201 and the military games, and there's been proof of gain-of-function research, yet there's people out there still believing it occurred naturally and at a wet market. (laughs) Yeah, right. That didn't happen. All right, so let's get to Twitter a little bit. Here's Matt Taibbi, Taibbi. Now, Matt Taibbi was doing an interview with Russell Brand, and he basically was talking about Twitter and some some things he suspects might be going on. And uh, I thought his insight was pretty good since he's one of the chief people that got access to the data and is disseminating it on Twitter. Let's take a listen. Some of the things that he that that uh, were suggestions, like I was very skeptical. And he's talking about Elon Musk, by the way. Initially, of the idea of putting all this out on Twitter first, and you know, I'm a long form reporter. I, I like to explain everything, you know, and all that. But there, there's a kind of brilliance in using Twitter to flay Twitter, uh, like, and, and it's kind of also a burn on the regular media who tightly controlled Twitter for so long. Um, it, it, like, there, there's a there, there's a little bit of genius in that that I didn't recognize at first. Um, and so, I, yeah, I think it's he, he's an interesting person and and difficult to categorize. Um, but I think that's a, that's a long term job, uh, <laughs> rather than trying to do the spade work of, of, you know, digging into these docs and figuring out what they mean. Absolutely. I think you're right because there is so much, the, the revelations are in themselves so weighty that to add to that, what is the presumed teleology or intention of Elon Musk, who is a fascinating figure and anyone that powerful and that wealthy who happens to be pretty idiosyncratic also and isn't just towing the line, is it's difficult not to reflect on what his agenda might be and where this might be going because I know he's deeply into sort of off-planetary solutions and transhumanism. He's got a lot of interesting sort of like ideas. Um, but thank Thank you, Matt. That's really helpful. But we were talking earlier about the Ukraine war, I suppose, in light of David Letterman talking to Zelensky and just the presentation of this product is pretty sanitary or hagiographic even, because uh, what I feel is that with the the way that Putin is reported on continually as like sort of a malodorous and sick, filthy old Parkinson ridden, self-defecating filth bag, it feels like that that there's an inability to think critically in a nuanced way about a complex situation. When Jeffrey Sachs came on the show, he gave us a sort of a rundown on events uh, between NATO and Russia from two, from the 90s. So, you know, he just gave us a sort of a whistle-stop tour between, well, they said NATO wouldn't impinge, NATO impinged. They said they wouldn't meddle in elections, they meddled in elections. And all the way through to sort of military-industrial complex stuff. Do you, do you think we're at a point, Matt, where all news is propaganda, or at least the majority majority of mainstream news is propaganda. I, I think we're pretty close to that. I, I, I mean, I, I know for a fact that there are certain stories out there that would not have a home in traditional corporate media. Um, uh, I, and that that is new, right? I, once upon a time, um, 
a news organization was most interested in whether or not they had a big story. They didn't think about other considerations. Very rarely you would see something like uh, the New York Times reaching out to the CIA uh, or having conversations with them about whether or not they should print something. But now I think that's routine across the entire business. I think maybe not the contact, but there's a presumption that we only print things that we think are going to like help whatever the cause is. And so there's, you know, the, you combine that with the, with the social media censorship, um, which, which is, and manipulation, which is just so sophisticated. Uh, now, it, it, I don't know how you would cover something like the Ukraine war um, and, you know, and, and have an impact. Right. Because you'd, you'd be you'd be drowned out if you had a counter counter narrative fact um, by so much other stuff. Um, it would be difficult to report on. I mean, I find that fascinating. That's so true. I, I, I we there's more to that clip. Um, and I recommend that people take a listen to it. It's over on the Russell Brand uh, channel uh, on YouTube. And uh, it's uh, with Matt Taibbi. Taibbi is spelled T-A-I-B-B-I. Fascinating interview. Um, and uh, the Twitter files thread here, it's, it, what it's about, it says the spies who loved Twitter. From FBI to DNI, the DNI to OGA, the full th- thread on Twitter and its intelligence partners. So, I mean, <clears throat> I saw all these redacted memos and all these FBI agents that were just working with these dweebs over at Twitter. And, you know, after uh, Talibi writes, TB writes, after weeks of Twitter files reports, the FBI issued a statement Wednesday. It didn't refute allegations. Instead, it decried conspiracy theorists publishing misinformation whose sole aim is to discredit the agency. Well, they discredit themselves. The men and women of the FBI work every day to protect it. No, they don't. They work every day to uh, fulfill a political agenda. That's what the FBI is doing. So the FBI is crying the blues like little babies because they are corrupt as hell and they are a mess and they need to stop what they're doing. They probably need to be dismantled. There, I think they're, I think they are irredeemable. Frankly, um, it's gotten pretty bad, for sure. Um, and okay, we're going to go ahead and and pivot over to uh, this uh, JFK assassination topic. I find it really interesting. There's several pieces to this. But I did not know a lot, I'll confess, I did not know a lot about Ruth Payne. Ruth Payne. Now, Ruth Payne is the Quaker woman that Maria was, was uh, Maria Oswald, Marie Oswald, who was more likely KGB. But this was a situation where... Um, it turns out that her sister was in the CIA as a language interpreter. And it also turns out that Ruth Payne 
this nice Quaker lady who's still alive. She's 90 years old. Also, Ruth Payne, um, her father, her father was also in intelligence. And the guy she was married to uh, used to, uh, was part of the Forbes power family, the Forbes. They had Nishan Islands off of the coast of Martha's Vineyard. And they'd stay there. And they'd stay with none other than people like um, Alan Dulles, the head of the CIA. And Mike, Michael Payne, her husband, was worth millions of dollars. And it just so happens that Ruth Payne also um, was speaking Russian in, you know, Irving, Texas or wherever they were. What are the odds? I mean, you're sitting there in a neighborhood in Texas off the grid and you end up hooking up with Maria Oswald, who is known to be former KGB. And you got Lee Harvey Oswald, who was working in a super secret uh, surveillance center in Japan, defected from Japan and acted like they were going to she was going to sell these secrets uh to Russia, and then meets up with a KGB honeypot, you know, a honey uh, trap or whatever, and marries her. They come back to America. They're supposed to be broke, but he's flying all over the place. He's in Mexico City. He's in Cuba. He's he's connected with Jack Ruby. He's he's doing all kinds of stuff. But he might be broke. Okay, so what? And they 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 he needed a job. So what happens is this Ruth Payne finds him the job at the Texas School Book Depository. I thought that was interesting. It's like, okay, he, and then you get this other part where it's like, oh, and she had the gun too in her house. And she's speaking Russian. And her family's all knee deep in the CIA. And she's friends with the CIA director, Alan Dulles. Named for the namesake is Dulles Airport, right? In Washington. So let's take a listen to this Jerry Spence exchange. It's a two-minute exchange with Ruth Payne in this sort of mock trial from 1986. Jerry Spence was this uh, interesting attorney back in the day. Um, and it's uncanny. It's, un- it's fascinating. Um, you studied Russian? Yes. When did you... Okay, so this is Ruth Payne, all right? And we're going to go ahead and... First question is, did you st- you studied Russian? And she says, yes. This is Ruth Payne. This is, again, the uh, friend of the Oswalds. Um, you studied Russian? Yes. When did you first begin to study Russian? I think it was around uh, 57. I had been working with a young Quaker group that was interested in cultural exchange. Yes, it just happened, uh, just a coincidence that you chose Russian as a, a language of your interest? That's just a coincidence? No, it wasn't a coincidence at all. I'm telling you that's because I felt there was, it was really important to communicate yes. among, between our countries in particular. This was the era of the uh, Cold War. So. Well, okay. It just is a coincidence that um, you befriended 
uh, the wife of the man who was later charged with the murder of our president. Uh, that's all a coincidence, too, isn't it? Yes. And is it a coincidence that it was you, Mrs. Um, Payne? Yeah. Yes. Who directed Lee to the job that put him in the Texas School Book Depository? Yes, I think that was clearly a coincidence. And it's just a coincidence that the gun that supposedly killed the president was located in your house? That's a coincidence, isn't it? What do you mean, coincidence? I mean, it just happened. It's just all of these things just sort of happened all around you. That's coincidence. You did give the FBI a letter that was supposed to have been written by Lee to the Soviet embassy, didn't you? This was a uh, draft of a letter that he left on my desk that yes. concerned me very deeply because I could see he was lying in it. He and he used my typewriter, and that he offended me deeply. <laughs> He left, it offended you that he that lied on That he'd been lying on, on my typewriter, that's right. right. I didn't know who he was writing. The letter just said, Dear Sirs. And he left it right there for you he to see? He left it on my desk. I don't know why he left it there. Yes. It seemed it seem... just as strange as his leaving the light on in the garage. Well, now, let a minute. wait a minute. We'll get to the light in the garage in just a minute. She wrote that letter. <laughs> she typed it up on her typewriter. And, you know, she did a lot of things, Ruth Payne. And it's sort of like Forrest Gump, you know. She was everywhere, but she was nowhere. It's sort of very strange. That is a very strange, strange thing. And then you got this interview that I played a couple of weeks ago, Frank Sturgis uh, and Bill O'Reilly. Let's take a listen to this. They were in Rome, up to their eyeballs. They knew everything that the plumbers were doing. So here, Frank Sturgis is connecting the JFK assassination, uh, Nixon's uh, approach to getting, and, and this very well could be the, the same thing that's going on uh, with Trump wanting to release the documents. And, Pe and Pompeo said no, he didn't want to release them. So Pompeo is kind of going against America Grain. Now, there is this one clause where it said, and I thought it was associated with Herbert Walker Bush, but now I'm thinking it's associated with Ruth Payne. And frankly, Michael Payne just died last year. Um, she's 90. She's still alive. And there's this rule that says uh, that they can't release the, the records until everyone that's involved in the case is dead for five years. I've, I read that somewhere. I heard that from somebody. Um, and I've been looking that up to see where the official record is on that. I can't find it, but I think something like that is true. And I thought, well, Herbert Walker Bush is still alive, right? And he's a spook. He was the head of the CIA in the 70s under Carter. And, you know, in the first 60 days of Reagan's uh, term, was uh, had an assassination attempt against Reagan because Reagan was an uninsured actor, just like Trump, just like Reagan, just like Nixon, you know. They didn't want the Kennedys in, in charge. Kennedys were different. They were basically, uh, they wanted to break up the CIA into 100 pieces. 
they uh, wanted to pull out of the um, Vietnam War. And guess this, get this. Ruth Payne, Ruth Payne's husband, worked at Bellhop Helicopters at the time, had a top-secret clearance, and they were also the makers of the Huey Helicopters that sold, you know, that made a mint off of the Vietnam War. And so Kennedy wanted to pull out of the Vietnam War, right? So that that right there is a big incentive as well. But then you got the connection with the plumbers. Let's take a listen to this. Uh, in the JF- in, I'm talking about Watergate now and the connection with the JFK assassination. Oh, up to their eyeballs, they knew everything Frank that the Sturgis. plumbers were doing. Who was Deep Throat? Uh, Robert uh, Bennett, I believe. Background. President of the Mullins Company. Plus, he's a C- he was a CIA uh, official. Mullins Company was used as a front for Central Intelligence okay. Agency. Why would he leak information about Watergate? He was ordered to by uh, the director of CIA. Richard Helms. Richard Helms at that time. Okay, who is leaking information to the CIA from inside the White House? Howard Hunt uh, did have an office uh, in the White House, all right? Uh, you had Butterfield there. You Butterfield had, was CIA? Well, I, I, I'd say personally that uh, Butterfield uh, probably had a uh, good possibility that he had an association with uh, uh, CIA uh, right. officials. You had uh, General um, Haig. General Haig had Sorry, an office in CIA. Yes, mm-hmm. Sturgis says the combined information from Hunt, Butterfield, and Haig was edited by the CIA and fed to Bennett, who then gave most of it to Bob Woodward of the Washington Post. Sturgis goes on to say that the decision to politically ruin Nixon was made after Nixon demanded to see CIA files on the Bay of Pigs, the Cuban Missile Crisis, and, most importantly, the file on the assassination of President Kennedy. Several times the president asked uh, Mr. Helms for the file, and Mr. Helms refused direct order from the President of the United States. Why? What good would that do Richard Nixon to get those files? I believe that uh, Nixon uh, would have uncovered... uh, uh, the true facts uh, that had been covered up for many years about the assassination of the president it would take the heat off of him on Watergate. Do you think that Richard Nixon was ever in any physical danger? Yes, absolutely. He's lucky he didn't get killed. He's lucky he didn't get assassinated like President Kennedy got assassinated. We are in a very corrupt government right now. And uh, it's not changed quite a bit. Alan Dulles, CIA director from 53 to 61, when he was fired by Kennedy for the Bay of Pigs fiasco, is implicated in the assassination of JFK in David Talbot's book, The Devil's Chessboard. Alan Dulles, the CIA and the rise of America's secret government. According to Talbot, even after he was fired, Alan Dulles still ran anti-Castro CIA networks and term and teams that specialized in eliminating problems like, it seems, JFK. Because JFK was not in favor of invading Cuba and removing Castro, he became an obstacle to the men of the CIA and the mob who believed removing Castro was critical for many reasons, one of which was to restore the gambling business in Cuba, according to Talbot. 
Talbot quotes Dulles, 1965. Uh, he says that little Kennedy, he thought he was uh, a god and documents uh, a preponderance of evidence that Dulles was running the operation that took out Kennedy. Uh, Tucker Carlson is 100% right to question the CIA involvement. So here's the thing <clears throat> on this. Again, Alan Dulles is personal family friends with Ruth Payne's husband, Michael Payne. And they vacation together on the Nishan Islands. that are these private islands owned by the Forbes family. And they were Forbes. The Paynes and the Forbes are part of the same family. So it's kind of an interesting uh, dynamic there. And and then there's just so many other uh, pieces to this. Um, and we're probably going to do more of an expose. I have um, other clips. Uh, there's a really fascinating movie uh, on this as well. And um, it's called, a, well, let's see. Um, well, basically, uh, Amazon has a movie on Ruth Payne. You, you may want to look that up. And uh, also, uh, I was trying to get the uh, exact name of the film. But it's it's worth investigating. It's stuff that I didn't even know. I did not know anything about Ruth Payne. I should have. I didn't. And uh, I, I found that to be quite interesting. One other thing before we uh, end the show today. Uh, 1,200 scientists and professionals declare there is no climate emergency. Okay? So you can put that to rest. And there's the annual summer meeting, uh, WEF meeting, or how BlackRock learned to stop worrying and love the CCP. All right? These are things that I've been reading and preparing for this show. And uh, quite interesting. I have some other uh, expose that I'm going to be sharing with you later in the week here uh, about this JFK assassination and the connection with the CIA's history of coup d'etats and corruption. And we're going to get to all of that because it doesn't seem like maybe it's relevant because it's a 60-year-old case. No, they haven't changed a bit. They are, they've, they've been overthrowing the will of the American people for you know half a century, if not more. All right, well, that brings us to the end of the Scott Adams Show. Be sure to make your donations for our 501c3 over at magapac.org. Find out how we're advancing America First po- policies to make America great again. And be sure to use Red State over at mypillow.com. And we'll see you next time on the radio. Bye-bye. Grab a shovel, dig a hole a little deeper Just to bury my kids right up to there 